Welcome, craft beer friends, to Season 7, Episode 2 of Tap to Craft Podcast. I am Denny Luce, coming to you from Boise, Idaho, and my partner in craft, the dog whisperer, and my favorite Florida man and home brewer from Tampa, Florida, Mr. Chris McKenzie. How you doing tonight, Chris, and what is in your glass? Denny, I'm having a pretty fantastic day today. Ooh, nice. Um, and in my glass, I'm enjoying some beer from... Surprise, the Gar City. Oh, uh, how many <laughs> and, uh, how many shows is that? Is that like uh, that's a lot of shows in a row? I want to say it's probably about four or five in a row now. <laughs> well, hey, you got to get that uh, cellar cleared out. We do. Yeah, we still got a little bit of the keg left over. I I don't drink these unless I'm sitting down and chatting with you for a couple of hours. So these are these are good beers to just sip on. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but tonight, this is uh, once again from their El Catador Club. It's called, simply enough, Leon. Oh. And Leon uh, is a brandy barrel-aged barley wine style ale. Um, I've got bottle 305-1000 here. And uh, this, I, I don't know who this person is, who it's named after, but they give a little history on it. Uh, Leon J. Coker, craftsman, soldier, father. Born in Lily, Florida, died in Arcadia, Florida. Born in 1926, died in 2012. Okay. All right. So that's that is a uh, cheers to you, Leon. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> cheers to Leon for sure. It's a, it's a hell of a good beer too. Uh, but what about you, Denny? Uh, how's your day going, and what are you drinking tonight? Well, it's going good now that we're uh, we're done with work and we're drinking beer. Right, that's always a good time. Any so day yeah, so good. I'm going to open up my first beer of the night. Yes, I am sober coming into this thing, but that's okay. But uh, what I'm drinking tonight is, some may say it's a sellout brewery, uh, and you know what it kind of is, but I still enjoy their beer. It's from New Belgium, and this is their 1985 IPA. It's actually their, it's it's a mango New England style IPA. Have Hmm. you had this one yet, Chris? No, I haven't. You know what? Uh, did you say what brewer is from yet? Yeah, New Belgium. Okay. Um, I haven't had much from New Belgium lately. Yeah, yeah. And not not because I believe they are sellouts. <laughs> They're still making very good beer. They are making I'm good beer. Yeah. Buy it. Um, no, but I haven't had much from New Belgium in quite a while. Uh, but this looks like something I might want to get a hold of. I, I, uh, I, I've been seeing a lot of people on Untapped and around the social media drinking this beer and saying, hey, this is pretty good. and I've I've enjoyed the Voodoo Rangers IPAs at the beginning, but I think we've talked about before on the show that lately these Voodoo IPAs just haven't been all that great. So I've kind of been steering away from them, but I, I, I couldn't pass it up. I saw a six-pack sitting on the shelf, and I wanted something. I was going for something light, and I'm like, mm-hmm. well, you know what? IPAs aren't really light typically, but guess what? This IPA is a lighter IPA. Yeah. And it's very, very drinkable. It's got a, a nice mango, tropical fruit aroma. Man, I just smelled it. And I, it's just, you're in heaven when you smell this thing. It's really mangoey. But the flavor doesn't come across too mangoey, right? Sometimes you can just have too much fruit in there. It's just, it's more subtle and, and finishes out with a little bit of a, a pithy bitterness to the end. So it's not like super bitter, uh, not heavy. Uh, soup, it's really, really clean and mm-hmm. crisp and flavorful, but not too flavorful and just easy drinking. 
And I, I really like this one. So yeah, I, well, and I like the can art too. Mm -hmm. It's pretty cool. Uh, kind of mid '80s dressed yeah. up skeleton guy. Yeah, 1985. I, I wonder what's significant about 1985 for New Belgium. I guess they just wanted to look cool with that cobra jacket <laughs> and those uh, <laughs> blinder shades and that flipped up bill hat. Uh, right. And and of course the fanny pack, right? Well, I mean, you gotta have a fanny pack. You don't. It's the eighties. You don't still have a fanny pack now. I do. It's in my closet, right behind me. You want me to whip it out, and show it to you? <laughs> it's not. It's not colorful. It's just black. Uh, you know, fanny packs. You know what? Everyone gives fanny packs a bad rap, but oh boy. they really were helpful when you just wanted to stick your stuff in a in a bag and not have to worry about it falling out. Like especially during summertime. When shorts back in the 80s didn't have, a lot of them didn't have pockets. And mm -hmm. if they did, they weren't pockets that were going to hold your stuff very well. Unless yeah, they were like, legs were super short. Yeah. 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 It's like the old, uh, you know, yeah. The, yeah. Yeah. Those, those legs huh? were like up to my, you know what? But <laughs> yeah. So, so I did have a fanny pack and it would just allow me to put my keys, put my wallet, uh, put my phone, I'm a phone, my, my camera at the time. You know, mm -hmm. back then I had this little Kodak 30, 135 or one, whatever those little 35 millimeter. I think it's 135, isn't it? No, 35. Maybe it's, yeah, 35 millimeter. I guess you're right. I don't know. I, whatever that small camera is. I don't yeah. Know. What was it? The Insta Snap? Yeah. And so that thing fit in the, in there so I could, you know, take some photos and then go develop those little, uh, Film. Yeah, I mean, I'm old. I'm really showing sorry, my age. the Instamatic. The Inst Instamatic. Yeah, yeah. But uh, nowadays, a lot. You know, we're, we have pockets in our shorts. In fact, mm -hmm. the shorts mm -hmm. that I wear most of the time, I think they've got like eight pockets in them, and most of yep. them zip up. So I, <laughs> I'm not going to lose anything in my pockets during the summer with the, with these shorts. Well, so. if you still got that fanny pack, you're going to have to you know strap it on, get a get a good picture, and post it up on social media for mm. us. Make sure you're holding a can of this Voodoo Ranger, too. Okay. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah, maybe I'll do that. Yeah, I'll post it to our new Instagram account. This is this yeah. is new since our last recording. That's true. I, you know what? We did that after. I think I did it the day after our uh, our last <laughs> recording. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, hey, it's getting some traction. I mean, it's only been active for a couple of weeks. It takes time to build up, build up your followers, and we've already got over 100, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, so that's not do. bad. That's not bad. Yeah, not at all. Yeah, and this uh this this voodoo ranger that you're drinking kind of reminds me a little of one of my new and noteworthy beers too. Okay. All right. All right. Well, you know what? Let's get this show started. But before we start the show, I always like to let our new listeners know what Tap to Craft Podcast is all about. We are an educational podcast. We focus around celebrating all things craft beer because we want to assist you, our listeners, along in your craft beer journeys and adventures. And you're listening to episode 158. We're recording on Monday, August 10th, 2020. And in this episode, we are going to continue our discussion on hops. This time, we're going to learn more on the noble hop varieties. Yes, we're going over to Germany and we're going to learn about noble hops because that's what we're going to do. Because noble hops is a big, it's a big hop. Right. I mean, I could go into all those fancy hops, but I want to go back to the basics first 
Then we'll get to those big fancy hops. So we're going to learn about noble hops. And I have an article. It's going to be, I think it's going to be a short show, Chris. We really, you know, I do have a few. The noble hops have, I think I have four noble hops that we're going to talk about. Maybe five. Mm -hmm. I think I have five. Mm -hmm. But, uh, you know, I threw in an extra article because this article is actually pertinent to our topic. And it's an article about a new U.S. noble hop variety. And it's hmm. just, it just happens that last month, I read this article and I said, okay, I'm going to, I'm going to hold this article for when we do our hop seg sessions. And when we do it, I'm going to pull it out and we're going to use it at, to go along with the show. And look at that. A month later, well, I guess, I guess it's, uh, about six, six weeks later, I'm actually using it in, in the show. Uh, so it came out, I think it came out in June 30th. I think this article came out. So it's fairly new. Uh, and I'm glad I just remembered about holding it, holding on to it because a lot of times I, I earmark things and I just forget about them until later on and then we add them in a year later. So this is hmm. still pertinent. Of course, you can always count on Chris and I having some great conversation along the way. So let's get this conversation started because now it's time to untap the craft and see what our listeners are drinking according to Untapped. So Chris, are you ready? I am absolutely ready. Let's do it. And if you guys want to be featured on our Untapped the Craft segment, Make sure you follow me on, uh, oh, Untapped. <laughs> we were talking about Instagram. My brain was Instagram yeah. for a while. Make sure you follow me on Untapped at MCK1345. And we normally record, Denny, we normally record pretty much uh, every other Monday evening. That's so, right. Like Denny said, it's uh, the 10th of August right now. We normally record at about 8.30. So get it in, check into a beer within you know, 24 hours prior to about right now. <laughs> and we'll, uh, we'll read, we'll be able to read your check-ins on, on the show. So we're going to start out with Mr. Matt Knight is drinking a Brambleberry Ale by Three Heads Brewing. And a lot of people still checking into that untapped at home yeah, me too. location. Yeah. I can't, I just can't do it. You can do it. Do it. I know. I mean, no, I can, but you know, I always <laughs> like to check into weird places, uh, I think I checked into a couple strip clubs the other day. <laughs> yeah, I think you did. Place. I think I did see that. <laughs> uh, so, um, just uh, three and a half caps. He, Matt writes on this one. Not bad. Um, just drinking the, uh, the the Brambleberry Ale by Three Heads Brewing. Um, on to the next one. Well, these are some sad check-ins. Uh-oh. I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna read the sad ones. Cause, no, 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 no well, sad ones. And well, you know, and it it still makes me laugh because that one that uh, Matt was drinking was 21 hours ago. I guess it can't make me laugh because people drinking in the daytime isn't always. <laughs> well, it's frowned upon, Denny. Uh, I think frowned upon might be the good term. Um, but wait a minute, 21 hours ago wasn't in the day. I know. But bear, bear with me. 21 <laughs> okay. hours ago would have been, I don't know, approximately <laughs> four, almost 5 p.m. my time. H haven't we learned not to do math on the show? Uh, right now, I'm fine to do math. Uh, <laughs> the majority of this bottle, I still have. But we go from 21 hours to go. Tw 21 hours to go. Yeah, 21 hours ago to <laughs> eight hours ago to oh. my buddy Scott Cooper drinking a Blood Orange IPA by Tommyknocker Brewing uh, and he is currently in Denver, Colorado, I believe. Oh. Um, decided to give St. Petersburg, Florida a little bit of a break, but uh, out in Denver, Colorado, gave this one four and three-quarter caps for this beer. No notes on it, but uh, I'd be curious to know about this Blood Orange IPA. But uh, 
I'm curious to see what he gets into in Denver. Mm. Not not a huge, huge beer person, but does check into some good things every once yeah. in a while. Uh, next on the list, Art Warcheck is drinking a raspberry tart by New Glarus Brewing Company. Uh, he always checks into the same place, the, nor- the North Phil Harmstead, not the North Hill Farmstead. <laughs> I like it. Uh, but I, I believe like this is either his house or <laughs> or somewhere close by. Um, three, or I'm sorry, four and a quarter caps for this new Glarus raspberry tart. Good, good, good beer. I do like that one. Um, he checked into that one a few times. Oh, Serendipity by new Glarus. Uh, he said, I'm getting my daily serving of fruit. And yeah. I, I would agree with him. That's yeah, definitely there you uh, go. Some fruity, fruity beers. Um, next on the list, uh, Jay Collins is drinking The Vapors by New Anthem Beer Project. He's also checking into the untapped at home. Mm-hmm. And he gave that one four caps, no notes. Um, Tom Byrne commented on that check-in, which was four hours ago. And he said, looks great. Was just listening to an interview with the owner, oddly oh. enough. Oh, you should have said what podcast. We could listen to it. Well, I'll, t- I'll type it now. How about that? <laughs> See, Tom and Tom's home. He's uh, he's been. He, he said he worked twelve. No, uh, shoot. Now I forgot the number. He worked a lot of days in a row, twelve-hour shifts. I think he said 10, 12 12-hour shifts in a row. Ugh. I think I can't remember. I, actually, you might see it because uh, he checked into a beer just three hours ago. So, oh, okay, you'll just read it. Okay, yeah. Uh, here we go. Tom Byrne oh, is drinking a Gertrude yes. by Lost Grove Brewing. Um, and he said, Hazy Blonde. That's uh, fairly hoppy and moderately better. Uh, hmm. Okay. <laughs> he wrote that, not me. Uh, he said, okay, geez, this is going all over the place. Maybe you're right. Maybe I shouldn't have done math. All right, let's start over. Tom is drinking a Gertrude by Lost Grove Brewing. Hazy Blonde. That is fairly hoppy and moderately bitter. Oh, bitter. I said better earlier. Hmm. Okay. Six twelves in a row. Oh, I oh, see what six. you're talking okay. about. Six, six twelves in a row and just one day off before more. Gotta love the medical field sometimes. Today, we celebrate my youngest's third birthday. Yeah. Happy birthday. Yeah. Happy birthday. Three and a half caps on that beer for Gertrude by the Lost Grove Brewing Company. On our list next, Tara Carlson mm. is drinking an official hazy IPA by Bell's Brewery. Oh. And he writes, very pleasant. I see why Jim Kudzall is sucking them down. <laughs> oh, okay. So she took a picture of this though, <laughs> right? And all and it's uh and it looks like the picture is Jim sitting at a table which she uh took covertly she snapped this photo covertly she actually tagged you in this check-in um somebody standing next to the table jim sitting at a table but if you look at the, just the picture on untapped mm-hmm. it's just uh the underside of the table jim's <laughs> torso and down and someone's <laughs> random legs <laughs> so maybe uh maybe tara was sucking these down too but she gave him four caps wow uh, on the rating so, so it's the official hazy from bells Official Hazy IPA, yeah. Okay. Continuing his check-in streak uh, for I don't know how many weeks in a row now or how many shows in a row, Chad LaMassa is drinking a Treated Streets by Alecraft Brewery at Untapped at Home. And he says, I do believe this is the best salted caramel porter Mm. I've ever had. Oh, wow. 
five whole wow. cap rating wow. on this beer. Yeah, which was three uh, hours ago. So yeah, there's a. Um, I think I, I haven't had that one. I need maybe mm-hmm. I need to go search that one out. But I have had. I think my favorite salted caramel uh, porter is from Cascade Lakes here in the uh, Oregon, uh, Oregon okay. brewery. Uh, every year they release a limited number of bottles of this salted caramel porter, and man. I mean, I just suck it. We we buy a few bottles because it just tastes so good. You just want to drink more. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, well, Alecraft Brewery, uh, located in Bel Air, Maryland. So <clears throat> if you're out that way, that's uh, just north of Baltimore, almost to the PA state line. You can go get some of that, Denny. Okay. Um. Next on the list is Jeff Seiler. He's drinking a Hounds of Hellas by Boojum Brewing Company. He's also checking into Untapped at Home. You guys just got together and said, you know what? We're Let's doing all it. all check in. We're going all to right. 100. <laughs> yeah. We go to, a, these go to 11. <laughs> um, he's checking in Untapped at Home. Really tasty Hellas lager, light and very refreshing. A great example of a beer that tastes like beer. Uh, four cap rating for that one. And a classic that, uh, well, I don't know about the Pilsner, but the Robert, chew your beer. Is drinking the Y Stef- Y Y and Stefaner pills um, by Brewery Y Stefan. I'm not going to pronounce it actually in German. <laughs> I know, we're I'm not, good at, I'm not good at either. <laughs> we're we're probably going to pronounce enough stuff in German. Actually, I don't believe that they are German. Something tells me they're Belgian or something. Oh, I was. It was Germany. Didn't do that. Anyway, uh, three cap ratings. Uh, three cap rating on this one: sweet malt and skunked. Oh, so sad. Who was that that was drinking that one? Uh, Robert, chew your beer. Chew your beer. Okay. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. We got some more uh, interesting, more new Glarus check-ins to a serendipity from the Gnarly Gnome. Oh. He didn't check into the Untapped at Home. He checked into the Gnarly Gnome Tavern. Oh, yeah. That's got his own and, badge, I think. Yeah. And he <laughs> writes, Fruity with some nice funk to it. Enjoyable for sure. No rating, though. Uh, and yeah. the second one for him is the Cherry Apricot Sour by Brewery Vivant. Vip, Vivant. Vivant. Yep. Vivant. Sure. Uh, Vivant. Nice, light, and refreshing. Not as wood or funky as I was anticipating, but that certainly doesn't make it any less tasty. Mm. Okay. Let's see. Next on the list. Uh, Jeff Seiler. Ooh, I've had this beer. Is drinking a Pog Basement by Scofflaw Brewing Company oh. at Untapped at Home. My first Scofflaw beer, uh, Scofflaw Brewing beer, super tropical, tasty, and crushable. Glad I found this Georgia juice bomb. <laughs> yeah, but it might not taste the same in the next can you get, though. <laughs> yeah, it might not be. I wonder I if they've changed. I wonder if they've gotten better with their repeatability. Um, I've had, I had that same beer back in November when I was in Atlanta. Mm-hmm. Um, and I didn't hate it. You didn't hate it. You didn't, didn't like hate it, it. I don't, but you didn't hate it. Uh, okay. I would, yeah, you know what? I would order it again. <laughs> okay. So you liked it. Right. Yeah. And, um, I think I ordered, I ordered this. Okay. So I'm going to be, uh, nice and classy. I ordered this when we were at a Hooters in Atlanta. <laughs> Um, and it was for a work function and we were in this little town outside of Atlanta called Douglasville and there wasn't really a whole lot going on there. Um, so I got the, I took a risk and got something halfway decent. 
Okay. So, are Hooters still a big thing in Florida and in the in the South over there? The the original one is here. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I, when I was uh, stationed in in Florida back in the in the late eighties, I mean, that's when I first saw Hooters and mm-hmm. and the restaurant. Uh, yeah, the restaurant. <laughs> yeah. But uh, but then it started like branching away from Florida and then going to, you know to Texas and some other states. Yeah. And now we even had we had one in Boise for a while, but you know what? I was so over Hooters in the mid '90s that I didn't even, you know, visit the one that I never even went to the one that was here in town, and it went out of business. Yeah, I mean, we, I, I don't ever look at them and go, okay, so we got some dinner options. You know what? <laughs> let's, let's, let's go to Hooters. Let's, uh, let's go for a nice night out. We'll go over to Hooters. <laughs> now we have a place here locally called the Wing House, which is like Hooters, just different name yeah um yeah. which so, they do pretty good wings yeah yeah so in austin texas there's a place called bone daddy's oh boy and it's a it's like it's like uh hooters but with barbecue and oh, i thought you were gonna say guys no. <laughs> <laughs> uh you know what there were guys there <laughs> but uh but yeah now i will say that i enjoyed that don't, luckily, Sarah's not here, so don't tell my wife, and she won't okay. listen. But uh, when I would go and travel and visit, I'd go to, I'd go there, and I liked it because the the waitresses were so friendly, mm-hmm. and they would sit right down next to you, you know, flirt with you, you know, make you feel like you were special. Especially when you're traveling, and you're by yourself, and you didn't have a chance to get out with someone else, you're, and you're going by right. yourself. You're like, man, I'm kind of, you know, it kind of sucks to eat by yourself. Man, I, every time I'd go to Bone Daddy's. I just had, I leave there with a smile on my face because the women were absolutely beautiful and they were friendly and just made you feel, you know, made you, made you feel nicer than at Hooters, to be honest sure. with you. So. Well, I mean, little side know. story, sorry. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure we could go on uh, on that for oh, yeah. quite a while. Oh, yeah. uh, next on the list is, where'd it go? All right. Chad Lamasa is drinking a Triptych Volume 1 by Key Brewing Company. Pretty solid New England IPA pairs well with fudge brownie M and M's, which are the best flavor M and M's in my opinion. You are correct, Chad. Those are probably some of the best M M&M and M flavors, or the best M M&M and M flavor. Plus the cool can art, which I could color in after drinking this beer. Oh, three and three quarter caps on that one. But yeah, if you look at the can on his check in, that does look like something you could definitely color. <laughs> it's pretty cool. All right, next on the list, Stephen Brown here in Tampa. He's drinking a how much cheese is too much cheese carrot cake (laughs) by Two Tides Brewing Company at Big Brown Beer Bar, which is probably his house. Um, And he gave this one four and a quarter caps. No notes on that one. Um, Wow, so it's a a carrot cake beer? uh, If I'm reading this right, it's a carrot cake cheesecake sour. Oh, man, it sounds weird. (laughs) It sounds weird and delicious all at the same time. I mean, I'll try it. I'll try it more than some of those things you've been posting on our Facebook. Oh, yeah, you don't want some Jimmy Dean sausage beer? No, I don't want any sausage beer. Sorry. I like savory, but I just don't like savory, too much savory in my beer. (laughs) So I looked this one up on Untapped. Um, Two Tides Brewing Company is out of Savannah, Georgia, and they just wrote in their uh, untapped description, conditioned on a truckload of fresh carrot puree with the usual cheesecake treatment. 
looks like, <laughs> tastes like, and that's where they stop. Oh wow! I don't know. You know, I'm, I'm, I, I would try it, but you know what? It's one of those beers that I don't want to have probably more than a half a glass if that. Right? It just seems like it's too much. Well, what I'm seeing through from the 30 check-ins to this beer, the majority of the people absolutely love it. There's a few people that are just, nah. Uh, but most of the people are, you know, three and a half caps or above, which is pretty impressive. Okay. Um, but yeah, uh, four and a quarter caps on that one. Um, Mike Allen. Oh, I think you've had this beer before, Denny. Um, he's drinking the Black Metal Farmhouse Imperial Stout by Jester oh, yeah. King Brewery. Yeah. And he says, uh, you still probably have that bottle. I got the you? bottle here on my shelf mm-hmm. somewhere. I'm looking mm-hmm. for it. Yeah, and he oh, writes you. Yeah, you see it. Yeah. He writes unique, unlike anything I've tried before, and about what I would expect from a style mashup such as this. Four and a quarter caps on that beer. It, yeah, uh, it's a it's a sour stout that um, normally I I'm not a big fan of sour stouts. You know, I don't like uh, I don't like the Belgian stouts. You know, that come across a little bit on the sour side, and but this one was good. It's Jester mm-hmm. King, right? So I mean, you yeah. got you got to try it because they make some fantastic beer. Uh, but but yeah, I, I the bottle art alone, just that metal, you know, that metal. Uh, yeah, it's almost like Kiss. Yeah, it's looking. like a Kiss. Yeah, Kiss, like a Kiss paint, uh, face painted mm-hmm. rocker on there. Just I had to buy it, and it, it was good. I don't remember what I gave it, but it was good. Yeah, I just um, I didn't re- I wasn't really a big fan of well sour stouts. Yeah. Um, and eh, it's and it's it's got to be tough because it's a, it's a, a Russian imperial stout, so it's big. It's big, yeah. But it didn't give uh, up. It didn't give up the. It still tastes like a Russian imperial. That's what I think. I don't know. I'm not going to look up my my check in, but I think that's what. Here's your it. check. Okay, what I, what I say. I got you. Okay. My first Jester King beer, a nice twist on an imperial stout with a bit of wild yeast character, giving it a slight sour tartness in the finish. Four caps. Four caps. So there four you go. Caps. For for having a beer that I don't usually gravitate towards as far as the sour stout, a four mm-hmm. cap rating. So it was obviously a good a good beer. Yeah, and Mike Mike uh, Mike gave it four and a quarter. So okay. yeah. you guys are right on there. Um and last on our untapped the craft segment is gonna be Mr. William Schlemmer is drinking an orange creamsicle IPA. He just tagged you in this, Denny, which was about 10 minutes ago, uh, from Southern Tier Brewing Company. And he writes, excellent milkshake IPA goes down smooth and easy. Four and a quarter caps for that beer. Have I had that one? Look look at that one real quick and see if I've had it. Do you get Southern Tier? No, no. I think I might have had it when I went to Pittsburgh. Oh. Well, you might have. Let's see. Friends. Because it sounds familiar. John's nope. Well, if you have, you haven't checked into it. Okay. Okay. Well, that that beer right there sounds like something I would really enjoy. Oh yeah. <laughs> so, I know that uh maybe maybe Amanda was talking about that beer and it wasn't available when we went. Maybe that's why it stuck in my head. Mhm. Yeah, but um yeah, Southern Tier, those guys it's uh beginning of August, they've already got their first pumpkin beer out. Oh yeah. The pumpkin, the, pumpkin. the whole court as they as they call it, yeah. the whole court has been released. But that's what everybody is drinking, according to Untapped. All right. Well, you know what? Let's go into some new and noteworthy beers that we have been drinking. Now, let me start this off, Chris. Give you a little bit of a break. Let you 
wet that I whistle. Lubricate my mouth. Right? <laughs> <laughs> lubricate your mouth. Wet that whistle. Well, you know, I'm not, we're going to stay clean. We'll try to stay clean here. But, uh, right. but yeah, let me start off. I, you know, last week I had a couple five cap beers. And you know what? This, this recording, I have a couple five cap beers again. Maybe I'm just getting soft with this whole COVID thing. Maybe the COVID is affecting me differently than everyone else and just made me rate things high. I don't know. But let's start off with one of my favorite beers every year. I love this. Oh, I love, I love, I think I've, I think I get those every year and I love it. It's from Sierra or whenever they release it. It may not be every year during the release time, but Sierra Nevada, great brewery out of Northern California. They do a, they do a, a imperial stout called Narwhal. And mm-hmm. I love that beer. And they do a barrel aged version of it. And I think it's every year, but maybe it's every two years. Like I lose track of what's going on. And so I, you know, I grab a, a, a they're doing this in cans now. So I grab a can of this. 16 ounce can and uh it's a five cap rating let me see what i what i put on here i said perfect beer to pair with homemade chicken mole it must it may be 100 degrees plus out but i needed a big imperial stout tonight this beer never disappoints rich and thick and chocolate with a nice complement of bourbon barrel flavor and vanilla and a hint of coconut and coffee five caps i i know I don't know what else to say. This beer is is perfect. It's a five in my in my uh, in my book. So, have you have you had the the barrel aged Narwhal before? I don't, I think um, that's a good question. I know I've definitely had the Narwhal. I actually had one this this year, um, but the barrel aged version. I don't think I have. Okay. Oh yeah, I have. Certainly have. Absolutely. Of course, I have. <laughs> Um, I had that at a bottle share that my buddy Stephen Brown, uh, we just read a couple of his Mm -hmm. check-ins, he brought to a bottle share that we did at a Garagiste Meadery back in 2017. Okay, okay. A couple years ago. Mm -hmm. What'd you rate it? Um, Four, come on. Four and a half caps. Four and a half, there you go. Hey, can't complain about that. Mm-mm. So yeah, go out and get this one if you can get it. It's, uh, it's about ten dollars a can. Uh, worth it. Worth it. It's, it's definitely a big beer. Uh, I I I I forget this. I forget actually how. Let me look it up real quick and see what the strength of it is. I think it's like thirteen. It's eleven point nine. Eleven nine. Yeah. Twelve percent. And that's saying something. If you're saying you're telling everybody, you know what? I'm willing to spend ten dollars on yeah. a sixteen ounce can of beer. Yeah. Yeah, that's it, If I'm gonna if I'm gonna spend that kind of money, I want it to wow me. This beer wows you. When I spend mm-hmm. that kind of money, and the beer is just like, yeah, it's okay, but it doesn't wow me. It doesn't make that that spend worth it. Then I'm mm-hmm. gonna give it a little bit, you know. Of I am gonna dock it because they gouged me for something that wasn't a wow factor. <laughs> <laughs> Those jerks over at the store, they, yeah. they charge too much. Yeah. Okay. So next five cap rating. We're shifting gear. We're going from Imperial Stout Bourbon Barrel Age to a double IPA. Mm. And this is from Melvin Brewing out of Wyoming. Best best brewery in Wyoming, according to a lot of people. It's called Boom Shaka Zaka. <laughs> and it's a What's play it off of Boom Shaka Zaka. <laughs> <laughs> I love the name. I love the name. Uh, it's a play off the fact that this is made with Azaka hops. We'll talk about Azaka hops in a in a upcoming show when we talk about that hop variety. 
I said, oh, snap, this double IPA is so smooth, flavorful, and delicious. It hides the ABV so well. The oats give it a great mouthfeel and helps make it super drinkable. A tropical hop delight, one of the best double IPAs I've had in a while. And five cap rating. And uh, this beer is 8.4%, but I'll tell you what, you couldn't tell it was 8.4 because it was so smooth and tasty and delicious. I really like that one. So go out and grab that if you can't find it. I've seen some people on uh, social media uh, checking into that beer, and they're enjoying it also. So it's not just me. Here's another beer. Wait, you know what? I'm going to go out of order. I, I have this in, in rating order, but I'm going to go down to my last beer, and then I'll go back to my third beer. Uh, this is another beer I've been seeing all over local social media. People loving this beer. I had to pick up some myself, and I also loved it. It's from Mother Earth Brewing. I know you know Mother Earth there, Chris. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's called Alone in Space. And I'll tell you what, I really enjoyed this beer, too. Now, I didn't give it a five-cap rating. I didn't enjoy it that much, but it's still a great beer. I said the aroma is wonderful. The flavor is bright, citrusy hoppiness. Mouthfeel is, mouthfeel is smooth and creamy. Four cap rating from that bad boy. But uh, a very enjoyable beer. Uh, and my last beer I just had a couple nights ago, I think. Let's see if I can find it. Yeah. It's from Grand Teton Brewing out of Victor, Idaho. You it's mean formerly Wyoming? Formerly Wyoming. Yes, Chris. <laughs> I had to I had to train you up there on, uh, on that. Yeah. So, uh, you know, going back, Grand Teton back in the, uh, in the late 90s. And uh, early 2000s was was my favorite Idaho brewery. Uh, I I love Grand Teton. I I loved all the beers they were doing. They were doing stuff that other breweries weren't doing. They made one of my favorite beers is Bitch Creek. It's a it's a now I'd call it a brown IPA, but back then it was called a hoppy brown. Uh, it had a, it was like a uh, it was like an IPA, but with a with a you know some toasty character to it. So I I really liked it a lot. I still drink it whenever I can find a six pack and. In our area, I grab a six pack and, and I really enjoy it. Uh, great stouts, great, I mean, award winning, uh, GABF medal winning from, you know, many years from different beers. Uh, great stuff. I have probably my, one of my biggest collection of bottles is from them with all their special reserve stuff back in the day. The ones that still made it through the crash of my, my beer wall crashing down and breaking a lot of those vintage bottles that I'm still sad that are gone because They'll never be replaced. These are one-of-a-kind bottles that I'll never get back. But that's another story. But uh, this is their uh, Mountain Berry uh, Fruited Sour. And uh, I'll tell you what. This sour beer is a sour beer for anyone who doesn't like sour beers because it is not, it's, it's not sour. It's more just a light tartiness. And it has a great... I'll just read what I said. It has really solid fruited sour with a nice tartness and big berry flavor. It's light, crisp, and refreshing, and a beer you could drink a few of easily. Great summer beer. <clears throat> and that's what is great about this beer is that it is, it's not too sweet. It's not too much berry. It's not too sour. It's just the right amount of all those things that makes it so you can you take a sip. You want to take another sip before you know it. The glass is gone. You go and grab another sip, another you know, another beer and, and pour it. You can easily drink a few of these and not get overdone with the with the berryness or the tartness or 
the sweetness. There's, it's really not a sweet beer either. I, I just, uh, I really like this beer. I only gave it four and a quarter rating. I don't know why. I think because I was feeling guilty about giving all these fives that I started like, you know, maybe giving a little less. I don't know. Maybe after a few more of these, I might raise my, my rating up higher. But hey, solid sour beer that has great flavor and I really enjoy it. So go out there and, and grab this as you, if you can find it. It's a great summer beer. Okay, Chris, there's my new and noteworthy. How about you? What do you got for us? So as usual, there are a I, – I always love it because you and I mesh together so well because okay. you have a ton of detail <laughs> in all of your check-ins. <laughs> yes, and like a lot of And like a lot of things that you do, there is a lot of detail that goes into it. It's kind of what you do for a living. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I right? detail it, yep. Me, on the other hand, I'm going to give you the bare basics of it and give you the beer, the name of the beer, the rating – and hey, it was good. I liked it. <laughs> okay, um, and that's just that's just me as kind of my personality. Uh, we'll we'll get into detail. I was always the kid in in school that the teacher always wrote, "Add more detail." Yeah, yeah. So that's always difficult for me. Anyway, I'm gonna start on my first one. Actually, no, I'm not. You went out of order, so am I. Okay. Um, the first beer we're gonna talk about is called the Bakery Cherry Pie from the Brewery. And, um, this beer was, um, you know, it was funny. I tried to check into this. I, I posted a picture of it on our Instagram account. Apparently the brewery doesn't have an Instagram account because I wanted to tag them in it. Oh, <laughs> oh really? Did they you spell it right? <laughs> I did. B-R-U-E-R-Y. Um, and I checked, like I looked up uh, the hashtags of brewery and things like that. And plenty of people tagged at the brewery and spelled it B-R-U-E-R-Y. Mm-hmm. So that's how you spell it. And it said account not valid or account doesn't exist or something like that. And I was like, wow. Maybe, maybe they closed it. Maybe I just want to go get that one. Okay. Just for the hell of it. Anyway, this this beer was a um a barrel aged imperial stout. Um, I'm sorry, a du- they have it labeled as a stout, an imperial stout slash double pastry stout. So you know it's going to be a little sweet. Yeah, yeah. Um, and I was I was fortunate enough that I split this sixteen what sixteen point nine ounce can with someone. Um, it just says in the description slice slice into this bold barrel-aged imperial stout and experience the nostalgia-inducing aroma of a warm cherry pie. I will agree with him on that one. Mm. Added some some barrel flavor in there too, but full-bodied and smacking of freshly picked tart cherries, rich artisan vanilla, cinnamon, and hints of brown sugar. This bakery is open for business. And and that, that you know, I, I take that. That sounds like something you might write. Um, I just go, yeah, it's good. I like it. Um, <laughs> and, uh, I gave this beer a, where'd it go? Uh, four and a quarter caps uh, for this beer. And honestly, it, I, I, it was good, but I didn't want to rate it higher just because it was a little too sweet. Yeah, gotcha. Yeah. Um, and it's definitely a pastry stout. I'm trying to stay away from those because if I have them, I either have to force myself to drink a bomber uh, or you know, a big can of this stuff or just it gets dumped. I just can't do it. <laughs> Next on my list is going to be uh, the boiling point by uh, corporate ladder brewing. And this was good. 
I was really excited to see that um, this beer was available because I messaged Blake a couple days ago, and I think I either said this to you on the last episode or something. I swear I talked to you about it, but I was texting Blake over at Corporate Ladder the other day, and I said, you know what? You guys are kind of like the the angry chair of the fruited sour world. <laughs> yeah. Like when they go, when they put beers live on their website, because everything they're doing is still curbside pickup, that mm-hmm. kind of thing. Yeah. It's gone in 10 minutes. Yeah. Now, they don't have, they're not bottling a thousand bottles or a thousand cans. I think, I think they're kind of, their, um, their strategy through this whole kind of COVID is that they are, I, I want to say that they're hand packaging all these. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And you know what? If that's the way it's going to work out, then that's, that's pretty awesome because that way he gets to keep all of his, all of his people employed, staffed. And, you know, they're still bringing in, still bringing in sales and stuff like that. But the boiling point was an Imperial double IPA or double IPA, uh, New England IPA. And the boiling point is a collaboration with their friends over at Vitamin C Brewing. <laughs> really? <And> that's C-S-E-A. <laughs> oh, okay. Okay. Right? okay. Uh, it features Citra, <laughs> Trident, and Sultana hops. And I think... I think one of the beers that we've talked or one of the hops that we've talked about might have been one of these three, but this was, it was, it was orange juice. It really was. It Mm. was a a nice or like citrusy pithy. It was more pithy than actual like citrus flavor. Um, I actually had one with dinner tonight. It wasn't, it was pretty good. Wow. Um, But it was, it still had that, like that pillowy, that fluffy mouthfeel to it as well. Oh yeah. And, uh, They've, they've, uh, vitamin C, they've done a couple of collaborations and it's cool that they're getting to do one with, uh, with corporate ladder. So really glad to see that one. Uh, that beer gave a four and a half cap rating mm. too. And I'm realizing more and more that I am stingy with my five cap ratings. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, if that, that one sounded like a five cap to me. It sounded like perfect beer. And oddly enough, only 44 people, 43 people have checked into this beer. Mm-hmm. <laughs> And I'm glad it was available. I actually did a little shopping on their website the other day. Um, I spent about a hundred bucks, but you know, I got a few things. Yeah. Um, but it, you know, then I had to drive all the way down there, thirty whole minutes away. Denny. <laughs> oh my god, you're <laughs> killing me! It was all interstate. <laughs> you don't want to. You don't want to come to Boise here because everywhere you go, it's thirty minutes. <laughs> but see, it's. But I told you, and it's thirty minutes. Uh, now this is a different drive. It's thirty minutes. It's all interstate. You don't hit any traffic or anything. Yeah. It's just all interstate. So you you the, I'd say the most pain in the butt part of it is getting from my house to the interstate. And that takes about 10 or 15 minutes. And then the rest of it is 15 or 20 miles south at 75, 80 miles an hour. And then you take the exit and he's like a quarter mile off the exit. Okay. So it's not bad. But, you know, when you say to someone, yeah, it's about a half hour away here, that could be extremely uh, time consuming. Yeah. As far as driving goes. Um, there's, There's just too much damn traffic here. Anyway, <laughs> on to my last one. Um, I picked this beer up at a gas station. Yeah, it looks like a gas mm-hmm. station beer. Yep, and I'm pretty <laughs> pretty sure that that's how I checked into it. Uh, 
but I was I got the chance to go up to the Jacksonville area, go visit my dad and my stepsister and 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 her family uh, because my dad retired. Good last for him. Friday, he retired at the ripe old age of sixty-two years old. Wow, he's only a little bit older than me. Yeah. <laughs> I'm going to start calling you dad, <laughs> right? Um, and I got to go and have uh, have some time with him. Uh, got to go out and have, you know, dinner with the family, my stepsister, her her husband, and their their four kids all live up there along with my dad and, and my stepmom. And on Saturday, uh, whatever the first Saturday in August was, we, we went out, went out on the Black Creek in... Um, in the Jacksonville area, right out of Fleming Island is where, where they live. And, um, cruised around on the boat for a little while. And we ran to a circle K gas station said, you know what? We're going to grab some beers, go grab some ice and snacks and stuff. We'll go out on the boat and have some fun. I picked up this beer just because it was, it was either this or blue moon. (laughs) No, blue moon wasn't even an option. Oh, Oh, wow. It was that kind of place, oh, right? Wow. Uh, I it think my best Bud Light seltzer. No, I think White Claw was my only <laughs> seltzer option there. So again, just kind of telling you where around uh, about we are. Anyway, I picked this beer up. Just you know what? It it had. <laughs> I'm familiar with the brewery, Golden Road. Mm-hmm. Okay, I, I know that they're kind of um, they're kind of a lo- in that sellout line. You know, they had the big. Weren't, weren't they in the Super Bowl ads this year, Golden Road? Yeah, I think so. I think I think they were. I, yeah, Golden Road has a long history of they they're, they sold out a long time ago and caused a lot of heartache, and their beer just kind of went down, Man, down, down, down. Right? Yeah. Well, this one I gave a four cap rating. I to. know that's why I'm shocked about. It. I've had this beer. I didn't think Have it you? was. Yeah, I don't think I, I don't think I rated it very very high. Well, but. I'm gonna tell you why. Mango okay. cart, mango yes. cart. Uh, it's a mango wheat ale, and I believe that the the reason that I rated this so high might have just been the fact of the environment yeah. that I was in. Yeah, I think you're right. Exactly. Yeah. But it was also had a lot to do with um, there there weren't really other any other options. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Mike Allen he rated it four four caps. Uh. Or three and a half caps. Um, my buddy Jameson. You remember Jameson? Yes. Jameson rated, rated it five caps. Kevin Argauer, four caps. Okay. Eric Gronley, three and a quarter. Um, Chad Lamasa, four and a quarter. And David Makazuki, four and a quarter. I. Wow. Okay. That's my argument. Yeah. I- right. So I was I was really impressed. Um, I, I didn't know what to expect. It was, you know, there was just big, tall boy cans of all these different beers. This is the one that we grabbed four of them, two for me, two for Megan, and we threw them in the cooler and went off and cruised around on the boat for a while. And uh, man, you didn't that, read my check in. I got, I gave it three and a quarter. Your check in for some reason did not show up. I know. I, I had to go search from the Discover because it didn't show up in my beers either, but it, I checked into it. Yeah. It's, Says I said, big mango aroma, lighter mango tartness, and finishes really light. Mm-hmm. Three and a quarter. So that for us at that point was pretty good because it was probably about ninety-four degrees outside. We didn't have a ton of shade, and uh, you know you had to go swimming in alligator-infested waters. 
<laughs> yeah, that doesn't sound like fun. I did that. Okay, did good, that. good, yeah. good for you. Yeah, good for you. Um, but yeah, so I gave that one four caps, and you know what, Denny? I honestly, I would drink it again. I really would. Uh, I was very surprised as kind of like a a good fallback beer. Um, it was a little on the sweeter side, but it was a wheat ale. It was super easy to drink. And as far as boat beer or pool beers yeah, go, yeah. that man- that mango fruitiness yeah. was just, it was good. I liked it a lot. Yeah, no, yeah, I think I think you're right. I think uh, being out on the boat, uh, enjoying the time with your family and, you know, just having something decent to drink, it definitely is going to amp up the feeling for sure. Now, if you had a can right now and you drank it, you may not have the same euphoric no i can use it to wash this leon down (laughs) 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 but it actually now now that you mentioned it i was looking at um some of the other variants of this mango cart like there's a spicy version of this yeah or like i wouldn't mind mixing this as like a mixer for margarita yeah 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 that might work that might work you know i was listening to the bruvana podcast uh, this week and uh, they were talking about using beers in Rattlers or using, yeah, using beers. They were talking about Rattlers mm-hmm. and using, instead of using like a, a lemonade or a uh, a Sprite as the base with the beer, they're, they're talking about using, you know what, <laughs> now I'm, com- now I forget, but you know what, they were using uh, hazy IPAs mm-hmm. uh, because they have such smooth, Citrus, not bitter character, and and I don't remember what they were mixing it with. I was thinking, I think, oh, you know what? They were mixing it with lemonade. Now mm-hmm. that seems like a waste to me, right? When you have a nice hazy IPA, normally when you have oh, yeah. mixers, right, you're mixing a crappy beer with something to make it go down better. Right? That's what a rattler is <laughs> taking crap beer, mixing it with some okay. lemonade, and making yeah. a nice refreshing drink. Sure, you don't necessarily want to take something you just paid four dollars for a can and mix it in with some lemonade and now you just diluted the whole experience i I, to me it seemed kind of odd i'd rather Mm -hmm. take the cheaper beer and then you know add some some lemonade to it to make it make it a more fun drink in in my opinion but uh, that's just me but you're right as far as using beer as a mixer for a cocktail i like i like that aspect you know you know adding a mango cart you know, some mango flavor into, uh, uh, you know, into uh, yeah, your margarita or just adding the tequila to it and drinking it like a, you know, like a, a, a super powered uh, I uh, think it would sunset. Be good. What's that? What's the uh, tequila, tequila sunrise? Tequila sunrise. Yeah. 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 Might be cool. So I try it. Try it. You'll get you'll get wasted. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, as a wise man once said, and I'm talking about myself, there's only one way to find out. Yeah, try it. I want to see it. And and do a little video on our Instagram so we can see you get all face get all red and and get all crazy. Okay. Well, I'm also posting something to our Facebook page right now called 26 Drinks That Prove Mixing Beer is a Great Idea. It's from uh, the folks over at BuzzFeed. So I'm okay. curious to see what that look, what that's so, going to look so, like. So you know, I've done a couple episodes where we talk about beer, uh, you know, mixers, cocktails, uh, and stuff. So maybe it's time mm. to revisit that. Maybe that we'll do that next su- spring. Okay. Get to well, get ready I can for tell summer. You, 
I can tell you the Buck and the guys over at um, at uh, Core Four mm-hmm. have been doing a lot of the Micheladas. Yeah, yeah. Um, as they're as kind of some. Do they have Do they have a uh, a Mexican lager that they're using, or what are they using as a base beer? Do you know? Um, I don't. But I just kept I kept seeing it pop up as just something that was like an extra kind of hey come on in we got this this going on yeah um, there's beer mosas uh, Jim yeah. Dandy does beer mosas on Sundays ah so okay. you could either get a a champagne you could either get a beer mosa or just a regular what's it what's the real thing called uh, mimosa uh huh so you can get either one but the 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 beer ones are pretty good. Again, I, yeah. I, you know, Jim Danny makes some great beer, so it's always hard for me to want to take away, you know, like put something in something that already tastes great. So mm-hmm. <laughs> I just, I just can't do it. I, I only typically do that with beers that I don't mind. You know, I don't really enjoy. You can do it. Yeah, I can do it without feeling like I'm abusing that beer. You but. certainly can do it. Um, Oh, well, you know, Buck's even doing the same thing at Core 4. They're making the Micheladas, the Shandies, Beer Mosas. Um, and that's, that's all in this, um, in this article from BuzzFeed. The Lemon Shandy, the Blood mm-hmm. Orange Shandy, yeah. uh, the Red Eye, uh, which is, it says if you love Bloody Marys, then this drink is for you. <laughs> the Black and Tan. I don't know how many Black and Tans I've ever had in my life. That's oh, I've had, lot. I've had a few. But Just you know, few. but that was, but you know what, that was big back in the, a while ago, right? They're not, I yeah, they're, they're not big anymore. They're not, no. That's that's kind of one of one of my uh, beers that was kind of part of my craft beer journey. I thought it was, I probably thought it was some sort of, uh, what's the word I'm looking? I was cultured. Yeah, yeah. Um, well, I think I did a video when I was with the Forty Cast. I think I did a video somewhere. Somewhere I had a video of me doing a. Uh, black and tan mm-hmm. and uh and doing a snake bite i think i did a snake bite i was doing i mean i was doing mm-hmm. a bunch of different experimenting but again those were with beers that are called out to be mixed and you know and do that with not just going to you know picking up some expensive nice craft beer <laughs> and doing it with right. it well i definitely think there's some beers that yes you can you can enjoy on their own as in like having a nice a nice lager. Yeah. And just enjoying that, enjoying the, the, the malt flavor that comes out of that beer or mixing it up a little bit. Yeah. yeah. Okay. I want to see some of these, uh, these things done on our Instagram. Hook us up. If you insist, okay. I do have, I do need more tequila. Okay. So I'll go get some of that. All right. Sounds good. Okay. <laughs> Are we done with your new and noteworthy? We're done with my new network. Wow, who would have guessed we've been talking for we'd be talking for an hour before we can get into the like the the topic. I thought it was gonna be a short show, but you know what? That's we're we're you right jinxed on. it. I know. You jinxed it. You said, Oh, we're gonna have a, a totally short show today. <laughs> well, guess what? It's not gonna be a short show now. I'm gonna tell you I'm giving you a little uh insight. <laughs> it's not gonna be a short show. You already made it halfway. It yep. might be a two hour show. Okay, just let you guys know. All right, well, let's get into uh the news. Well, no. Let's get into feedback. Part of the feedback involves a best brewery in every state type list that we're going to be putting together. We're going to join up with the folks, the, the host over at 
Brunomics podcast here, another local Boise, Idaho uh, podcast. And uh, we're, we're doing a list. We're starting off with the Pacific Northwest states, and we're asking people to give us your top three breweries so we can combine them and find out who the best breweries are in each of these states. And the states are Washington, Oregon, Idaho, uh, Montana, Wyoming, and we're throwing in Alaska because they belong somewhere, not by themselves. They come into our Pacific Northwest group. Now, when I did this, I thought it was going to be easy to get people to go ahead and chime in. Now, I knew not everyone was going to go and add breweries for all the states because Montana and Wyoming are tough, right? Mm-hmm. So those are tough states to, to, to grab beers. Also, Alaska's tough. There's not a lot of beers that makes it around the nation out of Alaska, except for Alaskan Brewing. They're probably I know, the- but what I found um, pretty interesting was that there are a lot of breweries in Alaska. Well, yeah, they just nobody they just knows about it unless they go there, <laughs> right? And again, I I think when you and I were talking about it, we were I was going off of um, Wikipedia, which you know that can only be so good. Yeah, Wikipedia is not factual. <laughs> uh, yeah, <laughs> completely factual. But, it, yeah, it's totally totally correct. Yeah. Um, but. There, there's, I believe, somewhere in the neighborhood of 20, 30 plus. There's, there's a lot. Well, yeah, I mean, you there. know how big Alaska is? That's not very many for that big I do. State. Well, the majority of it isn't populated. Isn't it the most least populated state that we have? <laughs> yeah, I think so. Right? <laughs> I the think you're right. People per square mile or something, but there's, there's a ton in there. Now, there's also a ton of closed ones, too, like, Alaska Brewing Company originally started in 1900 and closed in 1901. So, <laughs> Alaska, not Alaska. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Alaska Brewing. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So, okay. Well, we are doing this list. And guess what? We're not, I, I've been, I've been prying, prying every social media thing, trying to get people to participate. I've added to two groups on Facebook that are local Boise groups. I'm just not getting any bites. I'm even on our Facebook page. I realized, let me just do it in small doses. So I just pulled out Oregon to have people. Now I did get some, some uh, replies with, with that. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to go ahead and pull out Washington next and then Idaho. And then I'll just do Wyoming and Montana together since they're, you know, people don't know which one's which anyway, a lot of times. <laughs> and we'll see if we can get, you know, more people to participate. I was really hoping to get a lot of people to participate. So we had some real, you know, a lot of variety of breweries and get these numbers, you know, so we can, we can really find a definite, you know, best brewery as, you know, as far as, as people are concerned. Now, I think the next time we do this, like my idea is next we'll go to California and we'll just do California, but we'll break California into North, Central, and South California. So we'll have three breweries from each of those regions because there's so many breweries in California. You know, you're going to have your favorite in each region, I would think. And see if we'll get better play with that. But we have gotten some. Uh, but, hey, please go ahead and write us an email at tapsacraft.gmail.com or leave us feedback on our Facebook page, on the post, on your favorite breweries. Just listen for your, 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 your favorite top three of each state. Your favorite at number one, second favorite, number two, third, number three. I'll go ahead and tally them up with the right numbers and put into our, our counting thing. 
But hey, I want to get your guys' uh, input. Now, one thing I have noticed is these lists, uh, you know, are very subjective to the person, you know, to the person who is submitting it. If you are not from the Pacific Northwest and you're submitting your favorite Pacific Northwest breweries, you're probably doing that based off of what you can get in your area or what you've gotten when you've traveled. But you're not really getting everything that's out there. Like, like we just talked about Alaska, right? Unless you go visit Alaska and visit these breweries, you're not going to see that Alaska has 20 breweries or more. I think what we're going to do is we're going to have, if, if the brewnomics crew can get their guys to go ahead and fill out the list, We'll do the combined list with the hosts, and we'll get a list with just the two podcast hosts and see where we come up with as far as the best breweries. And then we'll do the combined podcast listeners and the groups around the Boise area to find out what the consensus of, of, of all of us are and see what changes in that, in that list, right? We may, we may have a number one brewery from people that are from here that when we add the people from around the nation, might change. It'd be, be interesting to see that. So that's what I'm going to do. But go ahead and get your votes in. We're going to hold off a little bit before we actually announce uh, this thing, uh, at least another episode for sure, uh, try to get more people to participate. Okay. Now, on that note, um, I want to go ahead and, int- again, we're not getting, COVID is, has killed our numbers on the podcast. I don't know. Why people aren't listening to podcasts? I guess because they're not. I mean, people are kind of going back to work now, so you would think because that, they've they've been listening to podcasts for so long, they've listened to them all. <laughs> maybe, but but uh, numbers are crashing, and nobody's nobody's writing into the show anymore, which is kind of sad. Nobody's leaving voicemails. No one wants a sticker. But guess what? We have so we have some email, and uh, we did have a couple other people that just sent list in, but this is an email with a list of their favorite breweries, but with some more details. And this is someone who found us on social media from our post on Instagram. So thank you, Chris, for creating the Instagram because now we potentially have a new listener. Mm-hmm. And his name is is Nate. And I think he's from the, the Boise area. I, I have to look into that. And I'll just go ahead and so I'll read I'll start off reading this uh, email and he's gonna talk about a little bit about his craft beer journey. And he's going to go into his uh, list of his favorite breweries. And he has some honorable mentions. And he, he has some details in some of these first couple states that he's really had a lot of experience with. And I thought it was interesting because I want to, it's good to get our listeners and other people's uh, insight on why these breweries are their favorites. So I'll go ahead and start off. I'm glad I found your social media posts on wanting to find the best breweries in the Pacific Northwest. I have to admit, I browsed through my untapped list to help myself through this. It's been some time since I've done any brewery ranking like this. There was a time when I had weekly conversations with people about beer, over beer at a brewery, pub, bar, or restaurant. The Oregon Brewers Festival in Portland also used to be an annual event, including some time volunteering. I've learned over the years how my tastes have changed from ambers to whites, wits, and Belgians, and to enjoying and appreciating darker beers with coffee or chocolate notes. I'm, I'm not afraid to enjoy a nice fruited beer during a hot summer day. Each style does have its time and place. So here's my list of top three breweries in the Northwest by state with some honorable mentions or must mentions. I've included some favorites of beers, uh, some favorites or beers that have stuck out for me. So I'll start off with Washington. So the state of Washington, 
His first beer is a brewery is for, is Pyramid Brewing. It says a larger brewery, but it's Pyramid's consistency and notoriety for its Hefeweizen that puts it at number one. Their apricot ale makes for a great camping breakfast beer. Now, Pyramid is <laughs> is a yeah. I like that, Erica or Nate. I like you. <laughs> so funny. Pyramid is a it's a good it's a good one to mention because. Again, they've been around for a long time. When Ooh. I first got into craft beer in the early 90s, like, like you know, early 90s, like 92, 91, 92, uh, Pyramid was, was one of those. I was in Seattle at the time. Actually, I was in the Navy. I was across the sound at the Naval sub base there. And we got a lot of Pyramid. And they did have this apricot uh, ale. And it was one of Sarah's favorite beers that she liked to drink because it was fruity and it, it had some nice flavor. And so we did buy a lot of that. Now, Pyramid kind of pissed me off because my favorite craft brewery at the time was the one right next to the sub base. And it was called Thomas Kemper Brewing. And this brewery made fantastic lagers. And they had a, I think they had, they had a couple lagers. They had uh, a stout or a porter, like a darker beer. Uh, they had one dark lager, one uh, light lager, and they had a, a berry Weizen. It was like a, a berry wheat beer. Uh, very good beers. We would go there at least once a week, play darts, horseshoes, volleyball. You know, we just hung out. They had food. We'd eat, drink beer. Uh, super great time. Now, Pyramid bought Thomas Kemper Brewing. They wanted to add their beers to their lineup because pyramid is right across the sound in seattle and the thought was is that now thomas kemper beers these great beers were going to be available all over the place right you'll be able to get them everywhere and not just at the brewery but guess what pyramid ended up just taking like a cup like their berry bites and beer and uh killing the rest of them and thomas kemper just disappeared um, they, they kept the root beer, too. They had a root beer they made. It was really good. Kept the root beer, kept a, like a, a wheat beer. And the wheat beer that Nate might be talking about might be one that was uh, was from Thomas Kemper originally. But, uh, yeah, so Pyramid kind of lost a couple notches uh, when they kind of dissed on my favorite brewery. Mm. Okay, little side story. Second one he mentions is Pike Brewing. Again, they're in Seattle. Kilt Lifter knocked me off my feet the first time I had it. It was a top five favorite beer for a long time. Hey, I love Kilt Lifter. Pike Brewing, another one of those breweries I visited early on in my craft beer journey because they're right there at Pike's Market. And when we go from across the sound to go visit Seattle, we'd stop and have, uh, you know, stop and have a beer. Um, good stuff. Can't complain about Pike. And the last one he mentioned as far as his top three, Icicle Brewing Company. There, there are probably other breweries to put here, but wow. Their dark persuasion is something else. And uh, I think Icicle, the only beer I've had from them is dark persuasion. That is a good beer. So there's his top three. He has some honorable mentions. He mentions Blackbeard Brewing Company. Coastal breweries cannot go unmentioned. While it's just a tiny place, the beer and food was good. I never even heard of Blackbirds, but he's got a point. Some of my favorite spots to stop at are coastal breweries. Pelican. Uh, Fort George, um, Rogue, when, you know, Rogue started off in Newport. You know, those are great places when you're on the coast, go and have a beer, grab some chowder, and enjoy, uh, you know, the, the beach life. 
Uh, I, I can agree with that. All uh, I got to say is if uh, the pictures I've seen of Pelican Brewery are real, mm-hmm. I absolutely need to go there. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, like, his last honor mention is, is a cider. Uh, D's Wicked Cider, uh, Baked Apple. Uh, I have a hard time finding ciders that I like, but D's Wicked Cider makes some good apple ciders. Their baked apple is the best. Hey, ciders are just as relevant in this in this list as, as regular uh, beer breweries because right now is like a prime time to get some really fantastic ciders out there. There's some really good cider places. All right, Chris, why don't you go ahead and see what he has to say about Oregon beers and breweries. So we got a little bit of just like with uh... – with Washington, we've got a handful of Oregon beers, and gladly, I can say that I have tried beers from every single one of these breweries. Yeah. So, we start off with Rogue, and Rogue wins with their variety, creativity, and dedication to the craft. They embody the culture in so many ways. I have many memories with Rogue in, in Newport, both locations, Astoria, and their Kells location in Portland. Their Yellow Snow Ale was an early favorite of mine. Dead Guy is a pretty good staple, too. Yeah, I would definitely agree with you on Dead Guy. Uh, a Maybach, if I remember correctly. Uh, yeah, they call it a Maybach. It's not, really, yeah, <laughs> it's not a real real Maybach, but yeah. Um, I've, been to, I've been to Newport, the, one, mm-hmm. the first location in Newport. I, I mean, I haven't been to Newport in 20 years, but I've been to the first, the first location in, in Newport, and I've been to the location in Portland, so I've been to two of the Rogue locations. I haven't been yeah. to the Astoria one or the new brewery they built uh, in Newport, so. Well, Astoria is where Goonies never say die. So. Yeah, yeah. It is Goonies. <laughs> yeah. And Kindergarten right. Cop, too. Don't forget. To oh, yeah, yeah. Cop. Don't forget about that one. <laughs> All right. Next on the list is going to be Deschutes. Bend has a great little beer scene, and Deschutes gets a lot of credit for that. Their Chain Breaker White IPA is a great summer beer. Man, I could list off uh, yeah. a handful of beers from Deschutes. Um, they're, uh, they're, they're Black Butte. Mm-hmm. I mean, doesn't really go can't really go wrong with that one no no i i'm a huge fan of the shoots um probably one of my all-time favorite breweries Mm -hmm. or fresh squeezed when you can get it fresh yeah 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 um next on the list is going to be full sale their session ale is one of the best values you can find when it comes to beer the uh, old stubby bottles were pretty unique too yeah i would Uh, agree with that the session lagers i love these beers and i I've been drinking this session ale for many, 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 many years, and he's right. I mean, it's a, it's a great value, right? We can get him, you know, twelve pack for you know, ten bucks, eleven bucks, um, and it's just good. It's just, uh, yeah, just good beer, and they're easy drinking, and the little stubby bottles are cute too. Mm-hmm. And the last one on the list, as an honorable mention, is going to be the Freem Family Brewers. And I more than an honorable mention, at least in my book. Yeah, me too. Um, (laughs) And it's a newer brewery along the Columbia and Hood River with great Belgian-influenced beers. Uh, I think I've had two beers from them, and the only reason I can get them is just because it was through Tavor. But Mm -hmm. uh, both of the beers that I've had from them were just absolutely just knocked it out of the park. Yeah, uh, yeah. wish I could get more of them. Yeah, I've had uh, I've had a few beers from Frame. I've actually visited the brewery in Hood River. Mm-hmm. Uh, a very nice location, very good service, uh, good food. 
outstanding, outstanding beers. I mean, literally, uh, I loved it. I mean, so yeah, I'm a big fan of Frame. Yeah. All right. I, All right. Hey, go I'll ahead. go ahead and talk about Idaho beers since. I, I would hope so. Because yeah. if I talk about them. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so let's start off with Payette. I believe Payette is the best brewery in Idaho for a number of reasons. When it comes to brewery success, quality, consistency, and good marketing will create success. Payette had their little start in Garden City, but have made great move into Boise along the Boise River. Their North Fork Lager is a great summer beer. The 12-gauge winter lineup is pretty spectacular, although I was disappointed when they changed to cans this year rather than the bottles. I've collected some extras for a dream tasting someday down the road. Cans just don't give the same appeal for that type of thing as bottles do. Dude, this guy's your best friend, isn't he? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, then the next, number two, Grand Teton Brewing. We've already talked that I love Grand Teton. This small brewery in Victor probably gets forgotten by many people, but their beers compete and win along with everyone else. Some standouts including Howling Wolf, Bitch Creek, and L208. Yeah, Howling Wolf is really good. The Starling Badgers for a blur of ice, fantastic. Their, their uh, Black Cauldron Imperial Stout, excellent. Bitch Creek, of course, is my favorite. I, I, can't, I can't drink enough uh, uh, Bitch Creek. I love that beer. And L208, if you just want a nice lighter pale ale, is, is really nice too, a nice session ale. All right, the last one, the number three on his list for uh, his top three, Selkirk Abbey. I wish Selkirk Abbey had a location in southern Idaho. This is high on my list from my Belgian phase, but their beers are good. They do well in blending different styles. So Selkirk Abbey is a, is a small brewery up in Post Falls, Idaho, all the way north, almost to the furthest point north you can reach. Not really. It's, it's close, though. Uh, Priest Lake is like the furthest you can get up there, which is my favorite lake, by the way. I love going to Priest Lake. Um, I love Selkirk Abbey. The problem is it's hard to get their beers. They do bottle beers. They do keg some, and sometimes kegs will make it down here. Uh, the bottles you can get, but again, they're going to pay a little bit more money for those beers, uh, you know, because they are special. I, I think I've rated, I don't think I've rated a Selkirk Abbey beer that I've had uh, less than a four cap rating. Uh, I'm pretty sure. Yeah, great. Just they just have to get more distribution so that more people can can try them but the other thing is is that you have to appreciate the belgian styles if you're going to enjoy their beer because they are very very belgian influenced brewery they everything they do is is using a belgian yeast and and using some uh, like you said some blends uh to give you some unique flavors but it's done really well and i've it's rare that i've tasted such flavors coming out of, of beers like I do from Selkirk Alley. They really have a way of, of bringing out some unique, uh, full, rich characters of, of the malts and the hops and stuff, that, and the yeast uh, phenols that they're being used are, are really good. So, yeah, Selkirk Alley is definitely good good brewery to be on a list that probably most people that aren't in Idaho or aren't in the southern or the uh, uh, eastern Washington area have probably never heard of. So it's, a, it's one that Again, the homies, homers here in, in Idaho are really going to be the ones that uh, that uh, do well for that. Okay. Must mention, Sockeye. Sockeye gets a must, must mention as it's hard not to mention Idaho beers without mentioning Sockeye. Dagger Falls and Double Dagger are great IPAs. 
but I think their best beer is their triple pie that they make for flying pie pizza. I, I'm a huge fan of triple pie. Uh, it is a, a triple, so but, but it's really good, and I usually always get a, a pint of it when I go to flying pie to get my pizza. Uh, my first pint is usually the triple pie, and then I go to something something different because I, I do like that pie uh, that beer, and it's only offered at uh, Flying Pie Pizzeria. You have to go to their uh, pizza place to get the beer. Yeah, another another great uh, great mention there. All right, Chris, why don't you go ahead and take the next two since I was talking a lot. Yeah, so Montana, this was, so when you and I, or at least when I was uh, finishing my list, this this one, these two were the toughest states for me yeah. <laughs> because, uh, I mean, Big Sky Brewing in Montana is the only one that I know. The only reason I know of the, the second one on his list is because of GABF, and that was because I did a little research, but... Um, first one is going to be Big Sky Brewing. When you think Montana beers, Big Sky outranks them all. And I don't know about you, but when I think of Big Sky Brewing, the only thing I can think of is Moostrel. Well, that's one of them. But they uh, make a lot of they make a lot of good beers. I know, but that's the <laughs> only thing I know from them. Yeah, right? yeah. I get their sample pack. I love Moostrel, so I'll pick up a six pack of Moostrel here and there. But I'll get their sample pack because it has Moostrel in it. Plus, it gives me. The seasonal beers, their golden honey, uh, or, or honey summer ale is fantastic during the summertime. I drink a lot of that. I'll, I'll grab six packs of that. Uh, even their, uh, their pale ale scapegoat, uh, mm-hmm. I, I can't list them all, but all, even their IPAs and pale ales are very, you know, drinkable and, and good. And it's great. I just love picking up their sample packs. I, I get a variety of beers that will give me a little bit of everything. Um, but yeah, they, 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 they do some good stuff that I not, I don't know how far they get distributed outside of Montana. Montana is one of those states that has very weird distribution laws. Uh, so not many breweries actually can get out of Montana. Now maybe they're starting to relax some of those distribution, um, well, things, but. Hmm. I was going to say, the only time I ever have Big Sky is when I'm in Las Vegas. Mm. So, I, I I mean, I hope they're getting a little more lax with their, their distribution laws. But, yeah, that's the only time, anytime I ever get it, it's when I'm in Vegas for work. Yeah, yeah. Okay, so maybe I need to throw some moose in for you. I wouldn't <laughs> hate that. Uh, next <laughs> on the list is going to be Lewis and Clark Brewing. Prickly Pear is a Pretty good staple from Lewis and Clark. Have you ever had that beer, Denny? Mm-hmm. Have you? What do you think about it? Um, hold on. Let me open up my Antap and look and see what I said. Uh, All right. Well, I, then while had, you look that yeah, up, yeah, go ahead and look it up. I've had a few Lewis and Clark beers, mm-hmm. but again, they're um, you know, they're fairly new to. Uh, oh, oh, I haven't checked into it yet. Oh, okay. Well, maybe there's another one for your list. And while you're checking into that, we're going to get into the third uh, brewery from Montana. It's going to be Harvest Moon. Uh, Belgian wheat may have been the first Belgian style to really get my interest. Hmm. Um, Now, I'm kind of curious about that because um, Belgian white is what I found. It's a a wit beer. Uh, It's the award-winning... Award-winning ale is our version of a Belgian classic brewed with Czechoslovakian Sots hops. That's just a fun phrase to say, Czechoslovakian Sots hops. 
Finished with a touch of coriander and orange peel. This is an ale for every season with a hint of fruit in the nose, subdued multi flavor, and slight citric finish. Sounds great. Yeah. I love a good wit. Yeah, me too. Especially when it's getting hot outside. Yeah. So yeah. let's leave Montana, go to Wyoming again. Two there was only two breweries I had of here. One of because one was because I got one of their beers from Untapped, but the first brewery he writes in here, Melvin Brewing. I think Melvin Brewing is kind of at least this is in my opinion, um, the one one and very few breweries that I know in Wyoming. <laughs> well, Snake River is probably the Snake River has been around longer it's than Melvin. True. Right, uh, but, but I've Melvin more, is the one that's the most famous now. Yeah, yeah they're more. I I don't know if they're distributed, but you know when Melvin um, came out for um, Hunapu's Day a couple years ago, mm-hmm. um, they're they're the more uh, widely known than Snake River. The only reason I know Snake River uh, is because one, you and I start or we, we started doing this list. Yeah. <laughs> uh, with the guys over at Brewnomic. And it made me go back and check my untapped and go, oh, yeah, I got a Snake River Brewing beer from Tavor uh, last year. Um, but, yeah, Melvin Brewing just writes great tasting beers, and I would definitely agree with him on that one. Because um, everything I've had from Melvin's just been fantastic. Yeah. yeah. Uh, next on the list is going to be Snake River Brewing. Paco's IPA has always been a standout beer from Snake River. And Jenny Lake Lager is not far behind. Mm. Yeah. And then third on his list is going to be Black Tooth Brewing Company. Not a ton of breweries in Wyoming. Yeah, tell me about yeah. it. Uh, not a ton of breweries from Wyoming have come across my palate, but this beats out Accomplice Brewing Company for number three. So I guess we can give an honorable mention for the Accomplice Brewing I guess, Company. I guess so, yeah. Yeah. I haven't heard All of right. either of those breweries, so that's, he's got two up I. on me. Yeah, seriously. All right, Denny, you want to get that last yeah, one? Yeah, I'll get the last one. I'll finish it off. I'll bookend it. Uh, so in Alaska. Now, Alaska is a tough one because, again, hard to get things out of Alaska to the, most of the states. So I'm guessing most people are going to have the same answer that Nate has, Alaskan Brewing Company. Mm-hmm. Alaskan Amber was my favorite for many years until my palate started changing. It's still a good beer. Their Alaskan White is pretty good, too. Without any trips to Alaska and very few breweries to ship to the lower 48, this is the only one that makes my list. Nevertheless, a top Northwest brewery, no doubt. And, uh, yeah, Alaskan is, uh, is definitely the, the one that makes it out the most. I would anticipate if everyone that votes for the best brewery actually did it, they would, Alaska would probably be their number one. Mm-hmm. Uh, but you'll, you know, when we talk about ours, Chris and I, you know, we have we have more than just one brewery in Alaska that we enjoy. So be be prepared for for uh, you know a couple extra ones that that we enjoy from Alaska too. Yep. And he says to end off his email. He says, "I look forward to following more of your social media posts." Well, thank you, Nate. We look forward to your interaction. I did write back to Nate and thanking him for for writing in. And I told him a little bit about my craft beer journey as well as about the podcast and he's uh he wrote back saying that that he has already got the the podcast in his podcast um whatever app and he's gonna listen to this show for sure because i already told him i'm gonna be mentioning his email in the show so hey why not how better to get a new listener than to tell him that hey you're you're gonna be in the show right right that that piques your interest (laughs) if you know you're gonna 
you know, be yeah. talking about you. So, all right. Well, uh, that's all we have for our uh, our feedback. But if you'd like to contact the show with your comments or questions, you can reach us through email at tapthecraft@gmail.com or follow us on Twitter at tapthecraft. And of course, Chris wants to interact with you on Facebook at facebook.com/tapthecraft. And guess what? We got to add Instagram. You're gonna have to rewrite that. You can you can follow us on Twitter and Instagram at tapthecraft. Okay, I'll do that and on then Twitter. Find us on. And on Instagram. <laughs> All right, it's done. Yeah, it's official now. We are finally coming into the fold here. <laughs> excellent, excellent. And of course, don't forget that we do have a voicemail number. You can reach us at 208-536-3359, or if it's easier for you to remember, 208-53-ODDLY. Leave your feedback, ask your questions, let us know about your craft beer journey or just, hey, just whatever you want to talk about. Just go ahead and leave us in voicemail. We'll play it on the air and have your voice on the air and be a part of the show. And we'd like to thank Open Forum Radio Network for supporting the show. They do provide our hosting space at openforumradio.com, and we invite you to check out the other shows on the network. All right, now it's time for the Brew Buzz, and the Brew Buzz is devoted to discussing various beer-related topics, and this week we discuss hops. This will be our third hop session where we pull a few hops out of the bag and discuss their characteristics. And in this session, we're covering the noble hop style or style hops, whatever you want to say. Now, I'm pulling information from a few websites because, again, I'm not an expert. I'm just a lover of hops. So I need to go ahead and pull this information from the experts. And I found three Using three websites this time. Last last couple of times I've used two, but I had to find an extra one to get a little bit of extra information. So I'm pulling information from freshhops.com page, hop variety descriptions. Also from the hopslist.com page, hops variety. And from the what are noble hops page on noblehops.com. And again, we'll just go ahead and refresh the different uh, categories of hops. You can have Aroma hops, which have a lower alpha acid percentage and an oil profile associated with good aroma. These hops are generally used as a finishing or conditioning hop. You can have bittering hops. They have a higher alpha acid percentage. These hops generally used in the boiling process to extract the bitterness. And you can have dual purpose hops, which have qualities of both the aroma hops and the bittering hops and are both aromatic and bittering. Now, let's get into the Noble Hops. Uh, there's four varieties of Noble Hops, the Halotau, Saz, Spalt, and Tetman. All four have German names, although the Saz is also known in the Czech Republic, where it's called the Zate. I don't know if I said that right, but that's the way I'm going to say it. What do you think? Zate? I like, I like it. Yeah. Uh, another group of hops known as the Nearly Noble Hops are often lumped in with the original Noble Hops. These are English Fuggles. East Kent Golding, we've already talked about both these, the Herzbrucker, and the Styrian Goldings. They have characteristics that are similar to the true Noble Hops, but they just aren't quite the same. They're nearly. They're nearly. These are nearly <laughs> Noble Hops. All right, so Chris, uh, you want to start off or you want me to start off? I'll go ahead. Okay, go ahead and start off with the first one. All right, so the first one's going to be Hallertau Hops, a.k.a. Howler Tower, mm-hmm. Howler Tower Mittelfruer, or Howler <laughs> Tower Mittelfru. Yes. Okay. 
Perfect. German's on point today. Yes, you got it. Uh, <laughs> so these are grown in the region of Hallertau in Bavaria. Um, the Hallertau hops have a fl- have floral undertones with a strong spicy flavor. They're somewhat delicate and susceptible to crop disease, so brewers stopped using Hallertau in the 1970s and started using Herzbrucker hops instead. Uh, the category, those are uh, used for aroma. The hops are used for aroma in beers. And the styles you're going to find these hops used in are going to be German Pilsners, Pale Ales, Wheats, and American Lager. Some good substitutes would be Liberty Hops, Haller Tau, the U.S. versions, Haller Tower, Tradition, and Herzbrucker. The Alpha Acids, that's pretty fine window on these, the yes. minimum, <laughs> 3.5. The maximum, 3.5. Yeah, they, they dial these in. Mm-hmm, They're like apparently. they dialed in. Yes. Okay. Yeah, so th- so this is one that uh, you know we've heard a lot about. I mean, I think this is one of the ones you hear a lot uh, about. But I was it was interesting to find out that uh, you know because the uh, the crop is susceptible to disease, they they kind of had to move away from it because it just wasn't producing you know good good hops, and that's where they said they they've kind of replaced. The Halatau with what I'll talk about next, which is the Herzbrucker hops. Now, this isn't one of the four noble hops, right? I already read off the four noble hops, but because this one is basically taking the place of the Halatau, we've got to talk about it, right? Because this is this is it, this is it. So the Herzbrucker hops, also known as Herzbrucker G, Herzbrucker Late, Herzbrucker Spate, and Herzbrucker Spat. Wow, that's a lot of uh, Herzbruckers. Uh, the German hop Herzbrucker was originally bred with the intention of producing a variety resistant to the verticillium wilt that could act as a replacement for Halatau Mittenfru. Herzbrucker reached the height of his popularity in the 1970s and 1980s, but despite that, Germany's overall production of this hop today still exceeds 100 or 1,000 metric tons each year. It can even be found organically grown on several boutique hop farms. With low alpha acids and low cohumulone, it exhibits a pleasant aroma with a balanced fruity, spicy, and floral character. It has commonly been used in German lagers. However, this variety is now making its way into some fine English cask ales. It has been cloned several times in an attempt to improve its alpha acid content, but without success. And as you probably guessed, this is an aroma hop. It's used in Dunkels, Strong Ales, Pilsners, Alt Beers, Weizenbachs, Golden Ales, Martzen, uh, Pale Ale, Wheat, Specialty Ales, Hefeweizen, Light Ales, and Lager. So this is a very multi-purpose uh, hop using a lot of different varieties there. You can substitute Hollow Tower Tradition, Spalter Select, Mount Hood, uh, Strissel Spalter, <laughs> Hallertau, and Liberty. So that's, you can you can uh, substitute quite a few different uh, hops for this one, and the alpha acid is a little bit broader than the uh, Hallertau. It's between two and five, minimum two, maximum five alpha acid percentages. All right, uh, Chris. All right. Now, now this is the one everyone's heard of, right? Everyone's heard of the Zots hops, yes. so which is S A A Z hops, uh, also known as the Czech Zots, Zotsier, or Czech Zotsier. Um, it's originally registered in 1952. The original Zots or Czech Zots is, as it is sometimes known, has established itself as a staple variety for brewers 
excuse me, and dates back more than 700 years, originating in Zatek, Bohemia, which is now part of the Czech Republic. It is an esteemed red bine variety that is now grown around the world, mm. known for its prominent use in Stella Artois and countless bohemian lagers and pilsners. Its warm, herbal, spicy, and earthy character stems from a high level of farnesine, while its other oils are in fair balance. Mm. I'm curious to know what far... That is F-A-R. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Farnesine. Yeah. Farnesine. Oh, new word for me. You did good. All right. With such a low alpha acid percentage, Zotz is inarguably an aroma hop. However, when used as an early addition, it's thought to add a delicate bitterness. Additionally, its elevated content of polyphenols aids in abating oxidation, giving beer brewed with Zotz a noticeably longer shelf life. Growing Zots is not without its difficulties, though. Specifically, it endures a meager yield, has weak mildew resistant and mildew resistance, and light cones. I hate when they have light cones. Uh, the <laughs> the original Zots variety has been successfully cloned nine times between 1952 and 1993 in an effort to approve these factors. There's a Ferris Bueller's reference nine <laughs> times, Grace. Nine times. Mm -hmm. Originally, growers were hesitant to hybridize, fearing the loss of its signature and delicate aroma. The hybridization has become necessary, though, to breed resistance to wilt and mildew and make it a more viable crop. Despite these few shortcomings, though, breweries use it prolifically worldwide. So the category for this hop is going to be an aroma hop. And the styles you will find this beer used in are going to be lagers and pilsners. Some substitutes that you could find the, for this hop? Well, the U.S. version of the Zotz hops. Sterling, Lubaleska Pulawi. <laughs> Should I totally nailed that one. <laughs> Lubaleska wow, Pulawi. That, was, that sure. was good. That was good. Yeah. Uh, Mute, Moteuka. Centennial and Amarillo. Um, the alpha acids on this one are going to start at about 2.5 and max out at about 4.5. Yeah. So you just read off probably one of the hops that I, is my least favorite. <laughs> I really don't like Sox hops. Only because it this one, to me, the earthiness mm -hmm. is too earthy. And it just yeah. makes me taste like I'm eating graphite dirt. pencil yeah, I just, it's hard so when i do start home brewing um i'm gonna probably use any <laughs> hop funny. it's funny that you said this. that <laughs> <laughs> i will i will i'm getting i was getting hounded by my buddy alex this weekend too or, or yesterday we we're chatting he's like when are you gonna hey this is covid you should be brewing right now i'm like I, it'll come in due time i i'm my, my wife's got other projects that are more important to her for me yeah, to how are the stairs? Yeah, almost done. I need to set a picture. Done. Yeah, you gotta do okay. some finishing, some finishing work, and redo the handrail, uh, and do some the trim work. And but it looks really good. I got all the treads and the risers up, and yeah, I'll send a picture to you. All right, good. But uh, yeah, so sot tops are not my favorite. Uh, I like pilsners that don't use that that use a either. A different hop than size or additional, maybe additional hops with along with it to kind of mellow out that 
that earthiness tone. Uh, I like those better. Okay, well, let's get into another noble hop. The spalt hops, also known as spalter, spalt, spalter, <laughs> spalter, spalt, and German spalt. <laughs> <laughs> yes, yes, all those names that are just reverse of one another, yes, that's true. Those are all spalt hops, in case you were wondering. If there's any question in your mind, that, spalt, that was spalt or not. Yeah, spalt, 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 spalter, spalter, spalt. Yeah. All right, surely one of the world's oldest hop varieties, spalt hops date back as far as the 8th century, and in the 16th century, they were the first variety to be granted the German hop seal, which is historically significant certification system predating the current German hop providence law. Uh, they're grown primarily in the Nuremberg spalter region of Germany. It is one of the original land race hops. Not to be confused with off, not to be confused with its offspring, Spalter Select. Spalt features notes of earth and spice alongside noble aroma qualities, and has been likened to Tettninger and Sot. It's not grown commercially in the U.S. due to its low yield, something that is problematic even in its native Germany. Despite this, the variety is in high demand by brewers and often outstrips supplies. Again, this is an aroma hop used in German ales, lagers, pilsners, box, and kolsches. Uh, substitutes you could use would be Sotz, Tettnanger, Santiam, Liberty, and Hallertau. Outfit acid range is between 2.5 and 5.7 uh, uh, percentage. All right, Chris, we've got one more hop to talk about. This is my favorite named hop this out is, of all of them. This is my favorite hop of all of them. So, okay. Yeah. Well, the Tetnang hops, also known as Tetnang, Tetnang, Tetnanger. <laughs> oh, geez, we're doing this again. Oh, boy. <laughs> so, Tetnang, Tetnang, Tetnanger, German Tetnang, Tetnanger GR, which I would imagine stands for Germany. Um, <laughs> the <laughs> Schwetzinger. I hate when I have Schwetzinger hops. Um, and the Deutscher Fruhopen. Hopfen. Frui, free Hopfen. Let's go, yeah. The Deutscher Frui Hopfen. Uh, come on, the, the, come on, the Schwetzinger. Come on, that's good, right? Yeah, yeah it's the, the Schwetzinger. It's like I we're think, on a, an Austin Powers movie right now. John, I need, John, I need to channel you real quick. I need you to name a beer Schwetzinger. <laughs> For spelling, please contact me or Denny, but Schwetzinger. <laughs> That's all I'm saying. (laughs) Please name it that. Anyway, uh, Tetnang hops are grown near Baden-Württemberg on the opposite side of southern Germany from Hallertau and Spalt. They're named for the town of Tetnang. This variety is is the most widely used noble hop worldwide and is claimed to have the best flavor. Well, according to you, Denny, it does. It is. This is my favorite noble hop. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Hence, it's huge global distribution. Though characteristically similar to Hallertau and genetically similar to Zotz, Tetnanger has notably more farnesine content, giving it a soft spiciness and a subtle balanced floral and herbal aroma. This category for this hop is going to be dual purpose, so it can be aroma and bittering. Now, the styles you're going to see this used in are going to be bitters. California Blonde Ales. I like a good California Mm. Blonde Ale. Uh, Red Ale, 
Pilsner Lager, American Amber, American Amber Ale, Winter Ale, Pale Ale, Wheat Beer, Bavarian Hefeweizen, Cream Ale, American Lager, Belgian, and French Ales. Yes, a lot, a lot of, lot of, of different, yes. a lot of different varieties where you can use this hop. Some substitutes. <laughs> just going back over the same ones that we just well, they read. Can all, they're all noble hops, so they can all be, right. you know, used. All right, fine. <laughs> all right, so some substitutes are going to be Zots, Spalt, Santium, Spalter Select, and Tetnanger U.S., so the United States version of the Tetnanger okay. hop. Yeah, It's Santium, by the way. It's okay. It's Santium. That's what I said, right? No, Santium. Santium. <laughs> That's okay. <laughs> tomato potato yeah yeah uh, <laughs> the alpha acids in this hop are going to range from a minimum of three percent and a maximum of 5.8 percent yeah so isn't it funny that it's only 0.1 percent higher max than the sots or no than the uh spalt but it's uh it's a dual purpose and spalt was uh mm-hmm, mm-hmm. maybe because spalt is minimum is 2.5 so it doesn't Go high enough. Maybe that's it. You're trying to do math now. Yeah, I'm trying to figure it out. Far end of the show. (laughs) Okay. So, uh, yeah. Um, As I already mentioned, Tetanang, I love beers with Tetanang. And when I do brew some lagers, because I'll probably brew some lagers and. and, uh, When you start home brewing. When I start home brewing, this is is the noble hop I would be using because that's the one I I like. (laughs) And that's the way it's going to be. Yep. All right, Chris. Hey, guess what? We've got a craft beer news article to talk about, and it's about hops. This happens to fit in. So we're going to finish off this show strong with an article called Introducing Contessa, a new U.S. cultivated noble hop variety. And I got this article off of the new school beer website, and it was written by Samurai Artist. We've already talked about Samurai Artist before when I grabbed some articles from that site. And it was posted on June 29th, 2020. So it is still fairly recent. recent. Yeah. Now, is Samurai Artist the author? He, he owns, yeah. He, he's the oh, artist, he, artist okay. and he owns the website. That was quite a name, right? The New School Beer website, yes. But the Samurai Artist, I wasn't sure if that was. Yeah, he has a real name. And I knew what it was. I don't remember what it is now. But Samurai he has a real artist, Danny. Well, that's just his handle now that's that's what i want his name to be okay i don't care if his name is steve i'm gonna call him samurai if i ever meet him okay all <laughs> right so chris i'll read the first uh two paragraphs you can read the rest is that good sure all yep. right hop growers and brewers alike are constantly looking for the next innovative hop varieties one of the latest is a u.s cultivated hop with german noble hop characteristics called contessa the new hop is described as a cross between a fuggle and a cascade and is said to be perfect for lagers and a unique flavor for other styles that call for more subtle varieties. Hopsteiner, a, vertic- a vertically integrated hop supplier and grower, boasts that Contessa is perfect for lagers with its aromas of floral fields, light pear, soft green tea, and lemongrass. With its relatively low 3 to 5% alpha acid content and 5 to 7.4% beta acids, the chemical makeup of Contessa may make its way into the burgeoning dry hop lager trend epitomized by Italian-style lagers. Now, we just talked about Italian-style lagers a couple of shows ago, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. We certainly did. All right. All right. 
And then Hopsteiner says the name Contessa was a customary title bestowed upon a woman of nobility in certain European countries. So they felt their latest elegant hop breed would be worthy of this title of nobility. According to Hopsteiner, Contessa's aroma lends a smooth and delicate bitterness while delivering an elegant fragrance, making it perfect, making it a perfect fit for the lager beer style and unique addition to many others. Contessa was born in Yakima, Washington, under stable growing conditions of the Pacific Northwest, and the PNW offers great advantages for hop growing, but none better than consistency. Because Contessa is a U.S. cultivated hop variety, there are additional shipping and availability advantages to be had for U.S. brewers. Yeah. So, here we go. Uh, this might be, eventually, might be a hop a noble hop-type variety that U.S. home brewers and brewers alike can get more readily uh, to, to do their lagers and their, and their beers that will give kind of more of those flavors that I really appreciate. Uh, when I read this list of uh, flavors, floral fields, light pear, soft green tea, lemongrass, all those things I really enjoy in a light, you know, lighter lighter uh, style beer you know that you, i love lemongrass i love that green tea flavor pear and mm. just a little bit of floral i mean that, those are perfect nobody likes well i mean i won't say nobody uh it's easier to like these type of flavors than that hard you know graphite earthy <laughs> you know uh, spiciness i mean yeah they have its place but man these are much more you know enjoyable in my taste buds at least Okay, Chris, we did it. We have finished episode 158. But before we go, we I always want to give you and myself a chance to raise a glass to someone we like to raise a glass to. So who would you like to give out a toast to tonight? I would like to toast my father, uh, Rodney McKenzie. Uh, I'm really excited for this new just kind of part of his life where he's finally he's finally retired like i said earlier i think he did it kind of early yeah and I, i'm excited for him uh when we got to go up and spend time with him uh, a couple uh, a week or so ago he was he was giving me grief for <laughs> me having to go back to work and he's like oh well you know i'm retired now so i don't have to do that uh we were there we we showed up to his house on his very last day of work uh he had just gotten home and uh you know, still had his work boots on and everything. And, uh, you know what, just for, uh, just because he could, he, my stepmom, uh, my stepsister and her entire family, they all decided to go on a five hour road trip to go visit my other stepsister in Panama city, which is, um, you know, if you're familiar with Florida, it's the Emerald coast, uh, Florida. And, uh, he goes, well, I don't, I don't really have to go to work on Monday. So let's, let's go on a trip. Go yeah. With family. So, Dad, I want to raise a huge, huge glass for you. That guy has been working his ass off mm-hmm. every day since he was 15. Yeah. Uh, if not, if not earlier, he he told me stories about when he used to go, you know, harvest tobacco oh, yeah. for a dollar an hour. Uh, so when he was 10 years old, so uh, he's he's definitely earned that time, and I'm I'm really thankful that he has reached that time where he can just relax and enjoy uh, and enjoy his life for all the hard work he's put in. So cheers to you, Dad. Yeah, cheers to Dad, Dad Rodney. I'll cheers Mm -hmm. to that. 
Absolutely. What about you, Danny? Who would you like to raise a glass to this evening? Well, you know what? I want to raise my glass to some great listeners out there uh, that have uh, written in and provided us with their favorite brewery list. I'll just list a couple here, or the ones that have done it so far. Tom Byrne, Jeff Seiler, uh, Nate, of course, we read his email on the show. Eric Gronley, my buddy Alex Fuchs, thank you for being a part of the show and, and, and supporting us and uh, giving us your your best breweries. Uh, I look forward to tallying up all the votes and finding out who, what breweries really are the best in the Pacific Northwest. Now, did we talk about our contest? No, because, uh, no, I haven't really talked about the contest. You want, But basically, um, the way we're going to do this, and at first I was going to have them, I don't want to make it too complicated. So now I'm just going to just say that uh, if you submit your list for each, I think we did talk about it last show, each state mm-hmm. that you submit will be an entry into a contest to win a $20 gift certificate to BrewerShirts.com uh, website to get yourself some some uh, some cool craft beer uh, apparel. A $20, yeah. $20 gift, car- gift card, that's that's great. So for each state that you entered in, you'll, you'll get an entry. So right now, uh, Tom Byrne, Jeff Seiler, Nate, uh, Eric Gronley, uh, and Alex, they each have five uh, entries into that uh, that contest. So. And I, I also do want to say that in our Instagram account, I've posted up a couple of their items that I have personally. Oh. Right? So so. Yeah, uh, there was one that right after you posted your uh, your chicken mole, yeah, with your narwhal, yeah. Uh, I had posted a picture of a glass of beer I was drinking with the uh, just the hop on the side of it, and then I also had a glass. See, guys, we we when we reach out to these companies, we don't just go, "Eh, I like your your name." No, I've I've actually gotten been given products from their from their business, and I really like them. Wait, so you were I've given been, products? Yeah, so for Christmas, where's my products? I have for Christmas. Oh, gifts! My You've lovely gifts wife from uh, okay from family got me. <laughs> <laughs> reached out, uh, and I've got I had some stickers that she got me, a couple of glasses, um, and I even have a shirt too. Uh, uh, one of those Dickies gray like uh, work. Oh, shirts. I like yeah, I like those. I like yeah. those. So not only do I have one from Brewer shirts. But I also have ones with our business logo on them too, which they're super comfortable. I yeah, like them. Yeah. But once I wear this uh, this shirt from Brewer Shirts, I'll make sure I get get somebody to take a picture of it so we can post okay. that up. Too. Yeah. But yeah. but yeah, guys, all the all the companies and organizations that we reach out to to have sponsor our show and and offer giveaways for us, they're not just on a whim. I've personally tried every single one of them out of my own pocket yeah. just to make sure that you know. It's a halfway decent company. Yeah. yeah, yeah. No, no, no. And I've, uh, you know, I've purchased, well, B-Cups. We purchased B-Cups. Uh, we yeah. weren't given yeah. B-Cups. We actually purchased them ourselves. Mm-hmm. And we have, you know, we have we have sets of our own. In fact, Chris just bought more because he broke his in the pool. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, that happened. Yeah. And then uh, what was the one that uh, we had before that... Uh, oh. Uh, uh, with the glass, I had bought some glassware from them. You did. You were wearing. I think you posted a picture. Yeah, you know, I, I, I can't. I think of it. The hot, yeah, the, I have that yeah. uh, funk glass. I love it. Yeah, I, I love that glass. Uh, so I bought some stuff from them, like Hopworks or something like that. Right? Hop, hop cloth. Hop there cloth. Yes. Thank you. 
Um, so B cups, half class, and then um, yeah, we've yeah, so all our sponsors, we've actually gone out and bought stuff, and then they've agreed to go ahead and and provide us with stuff we can gift to our listeners. It's all mm-hmm. for you. That's why we do it. All right. Also, uh, being a former serviceman, I want to raise my glass and thank all those who have served and who are currently serving in the U.S. military services, protecting our freedoms. Uh, I know what a uh, you know sacrifice you guys are making out there, and it doesn't go unseen. Every day, I think about uh, all the submariners out there uh, that are you know that nobody knows that they're out there, but they're out there protecting our freedoms, keeping the bad guys away from our borders and uh, and deterring a possible nuclear uh, holocaust. So, hey, cheers to you guys. Come back home safely to your families very soon. And, Chris, why don't you go ahead and give a shout-out to our sponsor? Absolutely. So I want to raise a glass to Brewer Shirts. You guys can find them um, on their website at brewershirts.com. You can find them on social media, Facebook, Instagram, at Brewer Shirts. Okay, it's Brewer shirts.com okay uh margaret over there uh in her tireless effort to get all their orders out and continue to hand hand print their shirts and things like that reached out and said hey make sure you tell everybody it's brewer shirts.com and i could definitely see where there there might be a little uh confusion with that sometimes but anyway brewer shirts at the forefront of the craft beer movement was one of the first to create apparel apparel that celebrates the art of brewing and the love of fine beer. Never too trendy, always comfortable, and offering affordable quality. They screen print their gear by hand in their studio using eco-friendly inks, materials, and processes. You can visit their online store at brewershirts.com and use the coupon code TAPTHECRAFT2020 to receive 15% off full-priced items. Yeah, nice. Nice. All right. And you can find the beers and the links to the articles mentioned on the show in our show notes located on the show post at openformio.com. And if you'd like to follow us on social media, I can be found on Twitter, Instagram, and untapped at Loose Screw. And Chris, how can our listeners follow you? So you can never find me on Twitter at Chris underscore McKenzie 82, or you can find me on untapped and Instagram at MCK1345, or of course, interact with us on our social media, whether it be Facebook or Instagram, at Tap the Craft. All right. It is last call. It's time to bring the show to a close. We want to thank you for downloading and listening. We ask you to please tell a friend. And, of course, subscribe on iTunes, Stitcher Radio, TuneIn, Google Play, Spotify, or however you listen to your podcast. And as a reminder, we release a new show every two weeks. Now go out there and spread the good word of craft beer. Cheers. Under two hours, man. We made it. it. (laughs) Just just barely, huh? (laughs) Just barely, but damn. That was a short show. Oh, that's funny. A short show. (laughs) You know what? You can't get me. You can't get me off on tangents. I'll just talk forever. I know you and me both. <laughs> that's one I have to. That's one I have to fight my own battles with oh. with myself. 
in uh, in consultations at work and was like, oh, funny story. Glad you mentioned that. Hey, and you know what's supposed to take forty five minutes ends up taking an hour and fifteen. So yeah, I hear you. Oh man, 